Hey everybody, welcome to Regardless, You've Got This. I'm your host, Skylar Sorkin. Say hello to the syllabus for your 20-something soul. The syllabus you never received in college is finally making an appearance. This podcast will inspire you to create your very own 20-something syllabus, ultimately guiding you towards your sole purpose regardless of self-doubt and what others think. Alrighty, let's just get to work. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Regardless. I cannot believe that it's already 2023. I feel like time is just flying by. And in honor of the new year, when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about One of the topics is body image. And I think in terms of looking at what I want to bring and call into the new year, it's for sure self-love and being kind to my body and just being mindful about what I'm exposing myself to on social media and not getting stuck into the self-comparison mode, which can be so freaking easy to do as 20-something-year-olds. And really this concept of body love in an overly obsessive fitness image conscious and disordered eating world in the social media age. So with that topic being said, I would love, love, love to give a huge warm welcome to my friend Remy Cam. With over eight years of group fitness and trainer experience, Remy has held roles for industry-leading brands like Tone It Up, Therabody, Equinox, Parsley Health, From spin strength to Pilates, Remy has trained with a variety of boutique studios and gyms all over Los Angeles. She is actually currently with Viore Clothing Collaborator, a Barry's trainer, body rock instructor, personal trainer, fitness and wellness influencer, and the founder of new app, Core by Remy, which I am so freaking excited. Also, I love the K in front of it to match your last name. Great branding. Picking up on that. (laughs) I I like, I always see little things like that. And she's been truly just amazing in this space because she is so genuine and authentic with who she is and how she presents herself on social media. I want you here, Rems, because I feel like your experience as a fitness creator, you have a very different experience and perspective with body image because you're really inundated with all of this noise. 24 seven. I would love to start off a little bit with understanding your story and really what makes Remy Remy. Like, what was it like in your twenties? Um, okay. Huge question. Well, I'm 29. So living my last life in my (laughs) twenties, it's crazy. I feel like with the pandemic and stuff too, I've talked to a lot of people who feel like those two years kind of like we feel two years younger than what we actually are just because life kind of got so funky. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I will say something about me is like, I've always been stubbornly consistent. Like I've always been this kind of health and fitness fanatic and Mm -hmm. I've like really gravitated towards like, how can I optimize and like improve my own health? Um, and Mm -hmm. I think it really came down to, you know, I have a couple of severe allergies. So I grew up paying attention to nutrition labels and like focusing on what I was putting in my body. I didn't really have, I mean, my, my parents are amazing. I wouldn't say they were necessarily like, you know, hippie, like green juice, all that kind yeah. of a vibe. So <laughs> my mom was like, I don't like know where you came from or like what's happening here. And, <laughs> um, I think I just kind of, I don't know, became really self-taught and just, it felt like very intuitive. I grew up dancing, um, mm-hmm. which, for better or for worse, made me really aware of my body. Yeah. And um, I think for better, like movement, anatomy, like the power and like control you have there. Um, also comparison and yeah. like, you know, body image and so forth and, and all that too. So I think all that kind of blended together. Um I just, yeah, I was like, I, I've kind of been like this from day one. I was um trying to get like a modeling commercial contract at five. Like my mom's a publicist. So she like got her photographer and do this. And so I've always kind of, I don't know, leaned into that space. Like I, you can talk to any of my friends from college, high school, even I was like, had my Canon camera and I was like walking around and posting all these photos of people that they were not so thrilled about the next day. (laughs) Um, you know, it, it just, it all kind of makes sense, mm. I guess, like based on, you know, what I loved in my younger years and kind of what I'm doing now, I've, I've always enjoyed kind of sharing my life. I've always been 
an open book for better mm-hmm. or for worse. My publicist mom would sometimes be like, mm, and like keep that to yourself sometimes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I've always just like loved movement and fitness. And um, I think, you know, just to tie it all together, like dance, I enjoyed, but it didn't mm. feel super healthy for me mentally. Um, and I think that's how I kind of became drawn to fitness. And then in college, I started teaching and I just, I found a community in it mm. and like a light and a feeling that I was like, this is, I, I can't ever give this up. This is it. Um, yeah. but yeah. And, and I, I worked in corporate world and marketing mm. sales and, and partnerships and influencer. And I, I loved all kind of the partnerships and the creativity and the strategy there. Um, I always worked in health and wellness too. So I still was like, trying to kind of maintain that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I totally get it. Cause I'm, I grew up as a dancer and then I yeah. went to school actually as a dance major and wanted to be professional. And then I was like, I, my body can no longer handle this. Mm-hmm. And so I get from like a dancer perspective, just the healthy aspects that make us who we are today in terms of discipline, understanding our bodies, we can really listen and, and, you know, we're less prone to injury in terms of the yeah. health and fitness world. But then there's also the negative aspect where it's like body comparison all the time in leotards and tights. Yeah, I, I really admire what you kind of the the transition that you made from the nine to five corporate world into health and fitness and how you kind of took this passion of moving your body health and kind of creating that to be your 24-7 role. Can you tell us a little bit more like what it was like for you to kind of have the balls to make that transition from being like, this is no longer serving me my nine to five and what that was like and kind of, you know, going after your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we're really manifesting this right now because the app hasn't even launched yet and we are talking about it. So let's just hope she happens. (laughs) She will happen. She'll happen. Um, She's happening. She is. She is. Yeah. She's almost there. It's, it's, I'm just like the limiting factor at this point. Cause it's just never going to feel like, and I'm sure you felt this way too, when you were mm-hmm. launching your podcast, it's like, well, I could kind of like change this font or color or like this one word, like there's a million synonyms that maybe, mm-hmm. you know, every day I like make a different decision and it's like, I just have to kind of go for it, but just go for it, girl. Like, <laughs> and it, it's going to change along the way always yeah. does. But I feel like if we always try to be perfect. I mean, perfect doesn't exist. Exactly. And and that's kind of like my motto that I'm like living with this year too. It's just like, I think too many times we're called back because you're not ready and it's mm. not in this like perfect place. And then you're continuing to feel like more of a failure and more of like a, like a slower kind of progression in timeline. Cause you keep being like, I'm not ready. Yeah. I'm not ready. And it just like becomes so it becomes like this like huge obstacle eventually. And so it's like, you kind of just got to be like F it and just yeah. move through. <laughs> um, I love it. Did you have the yeah. same mentality when kind of quitting your, your nine to five? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, an, I want to try and explain this in a non like very long way. Yeah. Um, I, so when I graduated school, I knew I wanted to like go into health and wellness. I honestly wanted to keep teaching, but at the time it was just not, and this is not an excuse. It was just not as like normalized to be like, oh, you went to college for four years and now you want to just go be a spin instructor in LA. Mm. Like my parents, like, what are you talking about? Um, and I got really lucky in college because I worked as a spin instructor. I worked at the front desk and I, I feel like I really got exposure to kind of that like business, um, and community and the power. And so I almost was like ahead of it in that way, but you know, society and, and life and make money and all this stuff was kind of like, okay, well you should get a real job. Like you should, Um, I'm proud of myself that I was very stubborn. Like I only worked for companies that I felt passionate about that. I like on the mission that was in health and wellness. And like, I think I've kind of been opportunistic in that way where I'm like, okay, well maybe this isn't exactly what I want to do, but I'll meet people or I'll mm. network or I'll, you know, learn this skill that will eventually get me to where I want to go. Yeah. So I always made sure that was like a part of the decision, like beyond money, beyond anything. I think I was always just like, like that. Yeah. Um, and then I think really, you know, 
like a lot of us, the the pandemic kind of changed things. Like I was let go. Actually, I'd started a job in November and I was let go in March with like a million other people, but I thought I was getting like straight up fired. Like it was early on, like no one had really been laid off yet. And so they were kind of, I, I was just so confused, but it was, it wasn't the right fit for me. It was pretty, um, a toxic lifestyle. Like I was at the mm-hmm. office for so many hours. It wasn't really in alignment and I didn't know how to leave or quit on my own. Mm. And and so I think it really kind of gave me permission. Wow. And I was like, okay, um, what I'm going to do now. And I actually was with my boyfriend in San Diego, like in his backyard, like hanging out, tanning, living the life. And, you know, Instagram live started happening and working mm. out and I remember me and one of my best friends were like, oh my God, what are we going to do? We like can't go to our, our workout studios and this and this. And it was like, yeah, like, like totally think about it. Like now it's so okay. Oh, whatever. I'll, you know, do it at, do home, it at home. I'll go on a walk. Or it was just before there, this culture, especially in LA was like, like I went almost twice a day to these boutique studios. Like it was Oh, like, I know. Yeah. I'm also psycho obsessive <laughs> with working out. It was disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot. I think it was good for all of us though. So, so good. Um, I filmed like five classes on my own and I just like, no, no, I'm not posting that. I'm not posting that. And then I like, finally was like, okay, like I can't, I'm like, actually my body's exhausted. I can't do this workout do again. Like I'm just posting this one. Yeah. And so I didn't go live, but I pre-recorded and posted and like the response was insane. It was all of my people who took my spin classes and like my other classes in LA and just like people coming out of the woodworks. And I don't know, just like a really cool moment. And so from that moment, I just taught every single day, went live, reached out to brands. There was nothing stopping me. I was just like, whatever, like, hi, want to partner, want to do this. Like, um, and I, I, I explained that because I think that was like the first time I hadn't had a nine to five job and I was like kind of free falling a little bit, mm. but it made me realize like that I was capable of that. And yeah, um, I really knew that I knew it, but I, I, I didn't trust it. Um, but I, I did end up taking a corporate job in like mm. two months later, um, because I was scared and yeah, an uneasy time and it was work from home. And I actually was able to kind of do both, which was yeah. really nice. Like I kept teaching as if I was like at a studio totally and out my time and made it a priority, which I think in the past, like speaking about like toxic kind of work mm-hmm. culture, I was afraid to really like advocate for myself and like my yeah. time. And when I took that job, I was like, well, I'm actually also doing this and this is important yeah. to me in the way of my work, but like it's happening and like that I'm going to put that out there right now. And I'd never really had the courage to kind of you know, cause you're like, oh, well, what if they hire someone else then, or they don't like yep. me or, or they don't think I'm a hard worker. Or they look down on me because I have another passion beyond yeah. to this job, you know, pretty yeah. amazing. I mean, like a couple of things that I had noticed that you just mentioned was that like, I feel like you had this, I feel like COVID gave you the confidence boost you needed to kind of be like, fuck it. I'm going to go for it and see what yeah. happens which I think we all need to implement more in our daily lives, whether you work at a nine to five job or you don't, because I think all of us are capable of building our personal brand, whether that's within the company that we work with or outside. And so I think it's so cool that you were able to just be like, I'm going to run with it and see what happens. And like, you totally advocated for yourself and like started to become your own seller and just pitching yourself. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but you wouldn't have known if you tried. And then also like, I can completely relate because I have regardless, which I love. And I'm doing what you kind of did with, you know, what you're doing with core and what you did in the past. I'm like starting that kind of route. And then I have my nine to five job, which I I need because I I can't have a living off of this right now. So I feel like in our twenties, it's a time for us to like always stay curious and explore and stay in the fire of outside of our comfort zone, but like also know that it's okay to have security. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, I stayed at that job for two and a half years while continuing to teach online. And yeah, I, I auditioned for berries and started working at berries too. So then I was, I had a full nine to five job. I was teaching like for Viore and mm-hmm. I'm wealthy. I was like doing my own lives. And then I was also teaching at berries like five times a week, plus being like a 
you know, a content creator, which yep. I, I think that actually made the shift of leaving the nine to five really incredibly difficult for me. Cause I realized how much I thrive on this like ridiculous schedule where I have too much going on. So yep. that I was like, what do I do with all this time? How I kind of knew it was like mm-hmm. the moment to leave. I think that was the first job that I went into and I was like, I like this job. I like this people. I'm going to do a good job. I would never go into a job and like not give it everything yeah. I have. Also really like value this flexibility and this um, opportunity to pursue other things. And if that ever becomes not attainable, then I will leave, you know, like I won't prioritize this, even if it's secure, even if it's a paycheck, even if like quitting gives me so much anxiety, like I promised to myself that. And I did, I hit a point where I think things were coming back from the pandemic. Mm. Things were feeling less flexible and that's completely fine. And I respect any business's decision to do that. But for me, it was not the right fit anymore. I just kind of decided like, cool, I'm moving. I'm quitting. Yeah. As soon as I like came to that, it was like all I could think about. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't stay there any longer. And I couldn't, it wouldn't have been right for me because I wasn't present and I wasn't, you know, now as like someone stepping into being an entrepreneur and a founder. Wow. It must be so hard to get people to like love and work for your dreams so hard because no one's going to love it as much as you do. So actually it was very like thrilling the first Mm. week. I was like, I did it. Like, yeah, who needs corporate world? Yeah. And then it's like, what the fuck am I going to do now? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, I'm alone. I don't have like a stable paycheck coming in. It's all in your hands. Like when you work, the hours that you work. Yeah. And you're really in the unknown, which is so awesome and exciting, but it's also the most scary thing in the entire world. Yeah. And that was, is, continues to be the most challenging. It's like creating my own schedule and structure. Now that you have, you know, your own business in the fitness world, how you are doing in terms of body image and Mm -hmm. always being around that space. I think for me, especially, I totally get it because I'm over- exercise obsessed obsessed where like I'll go twice a day to the gym for like yeah ridiculous amounts of time and so I'm just curious like how do you navigate this as a fitness trainer in the fitness world and also being like a highly sensitive individual human I am a highly sensitive I tried to explain that to my boyfriend yesterday and he was just like you get it God, he's just, he's from Minnesota and he's just like, everything's like lovely and positive and glass half full. And I'm just like, okay, but also you can analyze and yeah. things out for improvement. And I'm, I'm the same way back to your point. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's also interesting. Cause when I, I left my, my job, I moved mm-hmm. obviously like really unstable and uncomfortable. And so you're just kind of trying to control. Um, yeah. and I like a lot of people, I think find control in like what I'm eating, what I look like, um, how close they're fitting me, like the validation I'm getting from people and especially coming into this like new space as I am a mm-hmm. I mean, fitness influencer, content creator, however you want to identify it as like a professional fitness instructor, trainer, like all these things comes this like image and, um, vision and kind of pressure for like what it is that you have to also be, if you're going to like claim that. Yeah. Um, And on top of that, I had gotten a couple of small surgeries because I had some atypical moles removed, Mm. which like was happening since the spring of 2022. And so like my whole summer, I like didn't even go in the sun because I had all these like scars everywhere. Yeah. And um, and now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, my entire job is be on a camera working out. And I just was having like a lot of body image mm. issues from that, which was also like a lot of shame and guilt because it was life-saving. And I'm mm. so lucky to have access to doctors and have had procedures like that but I was like so wrapped up in like the physical and what Mm -hmm. I looked like and how I wasn't like fitting this mold, um, that it, it kind of brought me to a really, a really dark place for like 
two weeks, I would say I was just not, not doing so good. Um, and then, you know, so I think stepping into this role, you have to create boundaries and, and like, I don't know, just, just make sure that you're not trying to be a trainer to like be validated for looking a certain Mm. way, you know, and remember that it's because you like connecting with people and you love helping and you love when people walk out of your classes and they're like, I feel amazing. I feel confident and strong, but when you're also on Instagram and, and everything's like so visual, it's so hard to not fall for that. Like, but I also need to like look Mm. this way and like exude this kind of, um, idealistic image image and exactly. So I think it's like, you just have to be able to identify when you're like where your why is and when you're like here (laughs) versus when you're like here. And if you're Mm -hmm. here, like how, like, how are you, what are you doing to make yourself back to this like kind of inner why? Because you're focusing on this like surface and you're making decisions from there. It's like, you're not you're not going to feel fulfilled. Like you think you will, but you're not. Does that make sense? No, that's so beautiful, Remy. (laughs) I want to thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story. And uh, it always just like warms my heart to hear that like other women um, have gone through something similar to me. And like I was depressed, very, very depressed for like a couple of months, um, like just in the craziness, darkness of my eating disorder. And there's just like when things are put into perspective, it just reminds us that like, why are we like trying? Like, I don't know. Sometimes I look at some fitness influencers or just lifestyle influencers on social media, and it seems like it's more about them rather than giving an impact, making the world a better place. Like it's more about like followers sometimes like feeding the influencer to make them feel more validated. And it's like, well, why are we, it's the circle of everyone making each other feel bad about themselves. And it's not reality. It's so crazy. It's like, I I just, everything and everything is just such a double-edged sword. Yeah. It's like, this is just reminding me when I first started teaching um, lives on Instagram, it was like such a high. I was getting girls who still take my classes to this day, but like consistently messaging me, you're amazing. You're the Mm. best. You're great. This outfit's really cute. Like I want to be like you, la la la, like amazing. Right. But I remember calling my best friend and I was like, this is bad. Like I, I'm being like validated Mm -hmm. every single day and it's making me feel like a superhero, but like what happens when that stops and goes away? And like, how do I not put my worth into what people are feeling and saying about me as this person who's like publicly displaying their life? And how do I put a workout out? And like, if no one says anything, like, how do I not be like, oh my God, that was the worst class ever. I'm the worst. I suck. No one likes me anymore. I'm not relevant. Like I should just, and then it spirals. Oh, it's because Mm you ate that yesterday and, and because you looked this way in that video and it's just like all of those things that you feel define you that don't start to like make sense all of a sudden. And it's, you have to like, I don't know. I don't know the answer. (laughs) I know. And that's why we're talking about it because the thing is that people aren't talking about this. And when we talk about it, it creates community for especially women to be like, whoa, you're feeling this way. I'm feeling this exact same way. And I'm not even sharing that to be like, oh my gosh, like people were like complimenting me. Like, obviously it was brand new. People were excited eventually that died down. Like that's not happening to me all the time. And when I do get messages, like they are so genuine and and they're Mm. more about like my classes and how people are feeling, which is like so much more rewarding. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, just to like call a spade a spade, it's like when you're on Instagram, when you're posting photos of yourself, when you think you look good or, and you're not kind of getting that like feedback that you were looking for, it's the same thing in life. Like if you put on a cute outfit and you go out and you're like trying to impress a boy or whoever, and like, they're not saying anything to you. You're like, well, what's wrong with me? Mm. You know? Yeah. So I think it's just like magnified it. 
like absolutely a lot <laughs> and like i feel like social media is just creating this entire new like like scale of measurement in terms of self comparison and yeah. kind of going back to what you said about like getting all of these compliments i completely agree with you and it's not to say like oh my gosh look at me look at me it's like actually those compliments were not healthy because they were triggering obsessive exercise behavior. For me, it was my disordered eating. I remember at the beginning of my eating disorder, when I was losing all this weight and looking a certain way, I kept on getting so many compliments. And then of course those die down over time. And then it's like, whoa, now that I'm kind of lost and this voice of disordered eating is like, there's a cloud of it over my head. Now I can't really listen to my why, my purpose. And like who you are is not defined by your, your weight on the scale what you put into your body, who you are is what's inside. And it's just, we need to remind ourselves more, especially as women, that our value is not due to by the way that we look. It's about how we add value to others, how we make other people feel, what we bring to the world. And it's yeah. it's really none of this. And thank you for also being vulnerable and, and sharing. Of I, course. I, uh, I don't, I was not, I have never officially really been diagnosed with an, an eating disorder, but, um, I just have experienced like disordered eating of and course. things like that. So I'm, I'm sorry that you fully like went through that because I just cannot imagine, but I'm proud of you for being here. <laughs> I appreciate your kind words. I, you know, I think that like the more that we all open up about our stories, the more that we feel like just seen yeah. and heard and that we can help others and be supportive to other people in their own stories. And, I don't think there's one woman or even person out there that hasn't experienced disordered eating or feeling shitty after eating a meal. I mean, it's just the society that we live in. And it's hard, especially when you love health and fitness and moving your body. It's like, how can we find really this true balance of feeling inspired by movement, not feeling like if we don't do it for an hour a day and having this black and white thinking that like, we still feel good that we got the opportunity to move our body instead of it being this like obsessive cloud yeah. over us all the time, similar to disordered eating, but it's like disordered over exercise. Like how do you yeah. balance that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, you know, and, and I'm working with someone um, on this as well. So I, I think, I mean, I think it's just like when you're going to the extreme of anything. And I think that there's so much information. It's like hard not to continue to like feel obsessed and learn more and be like, oh, well, I actually need to be eating this or not eating this, or this is bad or mm-hmm. this is good. Or, oh, this person's working out today. So now I have to go. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I was in Minnesota for two weeks and, uh, it was the first I used to, so I worked with a health coach who was also a nutritionist registered yeah. dietitian, and I was like, I'm so anxious to go to Minnesota because what am I going to eat? And like, where am I going to work out? And like, yeah, I, and it was bad. Like I, I really, it, for like a couple of years, like super fearful and like, you know, just, I couldn't feel calm. And this year I, I think I worked out like four times. I just like kind of woke up and did what I was feeling. I wasn't like freaking out. Like I do have a lot of allergies. So his family um, cooks with like a lot of stuff I can't have. So I'm I'm probably making my own food. So I do have like the control there, but you know, it's, it's not being so afraid of like stepping out of that really structured, disciplined lifestyle Mm -hmm. that we've all been fed is like the answer to everything. And I think that things are swinging in such a different direction now where people are setting boundaries and prioritizing rest and, Mm -hmm. you know, just like understanding that just because something's good does not mean you have to be doing it to the extreme every single day. And at the end of the day, like you have to trust yourself to know like, oh, I need to sleep or I'm not feeling this, or it's the same thing with like, socializing or anything Mm -hmm. or or making a choice about a job. It's like, you have that in you. It's just, unfortunately we've been programmed to either like ignore that or not trust ourselves or 
you know, feel like we have to be this like highly productive person constantly doing things all the time, or we're going to like fully lose, you know, all of the progress. And like a year ago, or even I would say like maybe pre-pandemic, like no way would I be saying this. Like I was doing berries Mm -hmm. like two times in a row and then going to work and then coming home and then like still freaking out and thinking about everything I ate and making sure I, you know, and it was just like, all I, I, you know, I do, I think about it still, but it's just not, it doesn't work. (laughs) No, it, it, it is freaking, let me tell you, not sustainable. Your body will never be like that for the rest of your life. Also it's fucking exhausting. It's not healthy. You're going to get sick. Like your body cannot deal with not listening to yourself and nurturing yourself. I think we're also coming to this age of understanding like the intersection of everything and it's holistic and that like kind of mind, body, spirit, soul, all of that connection. And it's like, if you're constantly worried and thinking about what you're eating or what you look like or how others are perceiving what you look like, how are you present in any conversation or any relationship that you're in? And I think like I had just an interesting, like a, a couple of like light bulb moments where I was just like, I didn't even hear what that person was saying because all I was doing was thinking about what I ate for breakfast. This like Instagram live situation that happened to me was actually like the antidote Mm. to this like perfection because it was like I would wake up. I honestly, some of these videos with my jewelry choices and scrunchies are just, they're not (laughs) the most fashion forward, but I love it. Whatever. I got up, I was in Joey's corner of his room. That was not aesthetically pleasing. Nothing matched. And it was all live. And if I messed up, like no worries, like it was all good. And I just kind of stepped into this like authentic person Mm. through all of that. And I think, you know, through just like all the other kind of, I worked for a functional medicine um, practice previously too. So I was like kind of continuing to like understand about, you know, your diet and Mm -hmm. um, mindfulness and gut health and like all of these things, you know, and how everything's connected. And like it, the surface is like eat healthy and work out, but the inside is like fulfill your life and connect and, and find joy and find purpose and passion and like do things that are like serving you and others. And then the outside will reflect and it's like, continue to like pick at, well, should I eat bread or a salad today? And it's like, you just, it's, and I get it. Like, I'm not trying to invalidate that indecision because I understand that that can feel like the hardest choice in the world. What to eat for lunch that could take your entire day mm-hmm. away from you. And I, I get that. I just think it's like, if I personally reflect on my life, it's like the moments when I rested and wasn't obsessing and was enjoying yeah. where I actually felt the best about myself. Yeah. Uh, but when you lose control and when things change and when you feel insecure, or when you get rejected or, you know, when something awful happens, it's really hard to like, be like, okay, but it's just about like love and joy in life. It's like, okay, it's not about what I look like. I got to change my diet and and look good. You know what I mean? It's like, that's what you grasp onto Mm -hmm. when the center starts to feel shaky. But no, that (laughs) Remy, so freaking beautiful and spot on. And You know, like me just reflecting personally about what you said about, you know, making the decision of what you should eat for lunch and not being present. Unfortunately, that took control of my entire life for maybe like five years. And like, honestly, I'm going to get emotional because it's like, what, why? I know. I'm like, why is that that kind of person? (laughs) I'm like, why is like that worth it? Like, I don't get it. And like, I still, I still struggle. Like, it will always be with me. But just like what happens, I feel like, when you have moments of just like not giving power and your body and what people are posting on Instagram and what they look like, all this power, and you have moments of just being in full joy and full presence and full love and your inward starts to shine out and it becomes less about the food and working out. It's like, that is what is worth, like, that's why we're on this planet is to just live. And then I think it starts, you're, you're the voice of the disordered eating the over-exercise voice begins to just get a little bit quieter. And the more that you work on it, the more quieter that voice becomes. Yeah. 
And when things turn to shit, it is very hard not to be like, oh my God, I'm feeling out of control. So now I'm going to start to control more what I eat, restrict more. And so it's a process. Yeah. And it's really hard on Instagram when someone is going through the process of when I'm feeling not in control and I maybe have a side of me that's like, whoa, I want to restrict now. And now I'm scrolling through Instagram and now there's this tiny ass woman on my screen who looks perfect. And then that triggers it. So I think it's just being like more aware about like what you expose yourself. It's hard runs. Yeah, it's really hard. And like, we all need to just take personal accountability and be like, and I, you know, I'm not one for like, I'm becoming, I'm becoming mm. a new right now, but I, I like to practice like active self-care. So like sauna or lymphatic massage or things where like, it feels like an activity, even though it's not about like movement as much. Um, but I'm working on like stillness and meditation, um, but just also like journaling and kind of taking inventory of like where you're at. And maybe if you're having a day where you're just not really feeling super full, it's probably not a good day to be scrolling on Instagram because that is going to trigger you and you are going to feel worse and you are going to compare and it's human nature. And like, you are going to blame yourself for what you did three years ago. Who knows? Who knows where your mind's going to go? Um, but that's also hard because a lot of, I mean, a lot of people's jobs, like, you know, my best friend's a social media manager. She's like, I can't, I don't know how to like not be on it. It's highly addicting. It, it's like watching the news. Like It's where you get all of the information yeah. and the things. And like, I mean, for someone in my position, it, it really is my job. The, the best thing you can do is take inventory and like personal accountability for where you're mm-hmm. at and try and like set a boundary. Um, and and choose a different activity if you can it's a new world and it's really tough and I can't imagine being a teenager right now or you know someone no. who doesn't have this like wisdom of like like I just recently feel like I came to all this kind of full acceptance and knowing of like mm. this is what matters this is what doesn't and I still struggle like you know you also have control to unfollow and 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 mute and mm whatever but I'm also like a FOMO-y person just feel like I would never do it yep yep yep. (laughs) or I'm like speaking to the choir (laughs) you know yeah it's hard yeah I just like really look up to you because I think that like you in a really beautiful and balanced way as a content creator like you give the people what they want like in terms of staying on content trends and you know, of course, producing really creative and an aesthetic content, but like you also are doing an amazing job and still, of course, practicing throughout life of just listening to what you're personally needing and tying that in with like still being fully relevant on the screen. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I really uh, mean that. Thanks. I, you know, I think it's, it's interesting because I'm on a transition where now this is like more of a job versus you know, like I kind of mentioned, like taking photos, mm-hmm. writing to have always been a passion of mine. And so like when Instagram and Facebook and all these things happened, like, I love it. Great photos of my friends, like cool, like yeah. fun paragraphs about how I'm feeling. Like I, you know, it, it comes very authentically to me, but then you, now I'm like, okay, but I'm a brand. And then, you know, the more partnerships you get, you're representing certain people and you want to draw in more partnerships and you want mm-hmm. to, everything's changing on social media. It's TikTok. It's this, it's this, like I'm a millennial and like Gen Z people are like skyrocketing and I'm yeah. just like, okay, <laughs> this was just a personal page that I was like, Hey, like this is a workout I'm doing, you know? And I think that's also a, a hard Thing for me personally, because I don't want to lose that authenticity, but I want to grow in the space and and I want to be a brand and an expert, but I want to mm-hmm. be me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that that's like my newest struggle, but I, it's always, it's always helpful to hear um, from others perspectives, just like how they're consuming my content. Cause I'm. Remy, a- I'm going to be honest with you. I'm pretty protective about like who I follow on Instagram. I've been trying to be that way. And you are beyond just empowering. And like, you make me feel like if I'm feeling like shitty one day or just like not my best, like 
if I'm going to work out, like I'm going to put on you. And my mom and I like throughout COVID, we were like taking your classes all the time. It was so cute. We're like, let's wake up. We'll take a Remy class. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That, I mean it. that means absolutely everything. It's interesting too, because I almost feel like I hit this like peak in the pandemic mm-hmm. where I was doing it every day. And there's a, a, you know, a voice in my head of like, why'd you, you know, why did you go back to corporate or why, you know, you kind of slowed down your progress or, you know, the fact that it's two years later and I'm just launching something, but now I'm like, it's way more competitive and saturated. And like, maybe people are over me or I, you know, everyone's back into fitness and stuff. So, um, that just brings up like you saying that. And like, I think I'm constantly comparing myself to that time and hoping I'm going to be able to like exceed that, um, with this, but yeah, I, I, I think like, in terms of the content that I'm putting out, it really is just my mood. And I think that that's also hard because sometimes I'm like, I don't want to post anything for weeks. And I'm just like in my head being my own critic and not feeling enough. I think that teaching has become my voice Mm. and my way of like, expressing how I'm feeling and sharing with other people and hoping that people will connect. And I think they have. And so that's just kind of what I roll with. Like, I'm like, okay, well I'm feeling like this. So this is like how, or this might be like an emo class, but maybe someone's also feeling that way. Yeah. I I love (laughs) that. And I, my hope is for our world in the social media age is to just embrace more of what it means to be human. What piece of advice would you give yourself that you think would prepare you for where you are now as a fitness influencer? What would you tell yourself? Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard because I think everything I've done, I'm at a place where I can be grateful for it and appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I feel that it has definitely like gotten me to where I am. Like there's definitely parts of me that wishes I started sooner and like, you know, just kind of pushed past that like limiting fear that Mm -hmm. I had but at the same time I'm like I don't want to take that away because I think that has kind of like brought my wisdom and and my ability to connect with people who go through this but I just think to try and and this is what I'm just working on right now is like just to try be like nicer to myself I think that I have gone as far as I've gone because I've been incredibly critical, hard, competitive, Mm. like failure is not an option. And so there is a part of me that is grateful for that ambition. Of course. But, you know, like the, the beating up of like just the trivial things and like, I don't know, like being able to like let go Mm. a little bit easier and just trying to kind of not be so concerned about things not working out. Mm. Um, but I don't think I would have taken that advice at 25 because yeah. I'm still, you know, it's still like a heavy task for me now. Proud of like most decisions that I've made. Mm. And I miss my grandparents a lot, like a lot. Mm. And I don't think I like prioritize them enough. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I think I got really caught up in like where I'm going, what I'm doing, what's cool. I wish that I made family like a little bit more. Um, And I wish I like asked them more questions and stuff, but that's definitely something that I regret. Mm. Uh, Thank you for sharing. (laughs) I I agree a hundred percent. Just relaxing and like living a little bit more. And also, I feel like our strengths can also be our weakness if we don't know when to turn the volume down a little bit. And I think that's what I'm learning. Like, yeah, you know, like we're we're both extremely can be a little bit overly too ambitious sometimes. And we both have the perfectionism gene in us, but it's learning oops, when when to turn that down a little bit and then when to turn maybe joy, presence, relax, yeah. trust a little bit more. Up. Yeah. Yeah. When you're so caught up in like succeeding. It's crazy. You know, you sacrifice those moments that you don't get back. Yeah. And I do think it's hard though, because if you look at any founder 
successful person, like there has been a lot of sacrifice. So mm. I don't know. I, I can find a balance there, you know? Yeah. I feel like putting things into perspective and unfortunately going through grief and loss, yeah. we're reminded of, you know, maybe the changes that, that we need to make in order to live, you know, really our fullest life. Yeah. Thank you for sharing, Remy. But <laughs> I call this section syllabus steps. So this is really a time for us to repa- recap what we learned from really your experience as a fitness influencer and really actually integrate your insight into our lives. So do you have any books, tools, podcasts, resources, activities that have really helped you nurture self-body love as a fitness influencer in the fitness industry? And really, how can we 20-something start to disengage with content that is either unhealthy or triggers us and choose to insert ourselves with people and places that are instead really nurturing and empowering to really sustain our physical and mental health. Okay. <laughs> um, I know I'm really, really late, like very late to the game, but I finally bought the five minute journal. So good. That, yeah. That has really, I'm like such a thinker and I, I hold so many thoughts in my head. And once I start writing and not typing, like I actually even this morning woke up, made some hot water with lemon and put on some like really like vibey music and wrote out my programming for my class. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is like, (laughs) I'm like really in my like zone right now. This feels nice. Um, so I think just like, and that's my next step because we just moved into this apartment. So just like focusing also on like the vibe and like Mm. the energy that you're creating for yourself. But so journaling for sure. Um, I love lymphatic massages. I love like I'm working with a physical therapist, um, chiropractor, just like kind of educating yourself on recovery Mm -hmm. and just like learning about your body and any imbalances. It just, it's really empowering too, because then when you're working out, it becomes more about like performance Mm -hmm. and longevity and less about like impressing other people and like fitting into a certain size jeans, you know, because now you're just educated on what's healthy and like, what's going to help you not have back pain, you know, in 20 Mm. years. Um, I bought this book. (laughs) I bought this book in the airport. I have it right next to me. Wait, um, what is it called? The micro influencers brand partnership Bible. I really appreciate knowledge and information. And I feel so much better when I like have it. Like I don't like just kind of I've never been one to be able to be like, yeah, like throw something out. Like I need to understand no, in, why in, in my body, why I've come to this decision. Exactly. Um, but- love a journal, love a book, any kind of like active recovery, um, walking outside, mm-hmm. getting outside. But yeah, I don't know. Other resources. I I've been very blessed, um, to know you, to know other experts like in this space. Um, and I've really like leaned on previous coworkers and just mm-hmm. like friends and, and other people kind of in the industry, Um, my mom's been in PR for like 35 years and my dad's a CPA. So like they're both like very different aspects of this career change. Um, but that took me like a solid two, three months before I was comfortable asking for help and like leaning, like admitting, like, I don't know how to do this. I feel like, you know, I've been doing this kind of content creation thing for, I don't know, two, three years now, but like. I don't know how to, I don't actually know how to do this. And it's yep. like hard to admit that to other people who might be succeeding in the space, but because they're succeeding, you probably want their advice. So mm-hmm. it's like, Joey actually really, he taught me that he's like, yeah. you need to be asking people who are succeeding what they're doing. And I think I have always had this very like competitive like yeah. perspective and like, especially with women, like, oh, but yeah. if I like what if they like turn it now? Yeah. Like, yeah. Use my weakness against me. And like, yeah, no, yeah. I, I love that because I, for me, I think it's like having like a life board of directors and you can have like a mentor people you ask questions or you go to for different subjects, like yeah. maybe ones for like more relationships or friendships and ones for like total career influencer brand partnerships. Yeah. And like, it takes a village to go after your dreams. Like you're not going to get there alone. And why cut yourself short and why cut yourself off of resources just to 
fulfill ego. But I I get it because I'm the exact same way, but I'm just reminding myself right now. No, I love it. (laughs) Say it over and over again. It's that imposter (laughs) syndrome of like, but I should know this. But I actually, if I'm asking for this, I don't know this. So then like, why am I even doing this? How am I going to ask? How how am I going to be? And then you see something on Instagram where like, well, I can't be like that. So they're way ahead of me. And it's like a whole... You just like, no one really knows what they're doing. It's no. just like the difference between the people who are doing and not. And I think that's like, maybe to close this out, like my biggest thing that I come back to is like, mm. I am so proud of myself that I am actually doing this at this point in my life versus thinking about doing it and saying, I'm going to do it because I am the world's biggest procrastinator and perfectionist. And like, I love that. I had to just, I just had to do it. And like, it took me a lot longer than I wanted. And like, I don't even know if this is going to succeed. It might not, but I'm happy to like be in it. Um, I love it. You have to think about like, am I going to regret not trying, you know, more than failing? Just honestly, I think sometimes we get in our own way and it's just being like, regardless, I'm going for it. And whatever happens, happens. But like, (laughs) Why regret? Why end your life and be on your deathbed and be like, like I just didn't live because I didn't try and I didn't put myself out there. Okay, last question for you to close off this episode. So fill in the blank for me, please, Remy. Regardless of blank, I am blank. Um, okay. Regardless of my mistakes, I am enough. Mm. Love, love, love. Thanks for listening to Regardless. I hope you've learned something from this month's soul conversation and will apply it to your very own syllabus. Join me next month for a new guest, a new tool, and a new perspective. If you found value in this podcast, please empower your tribe by sharing, leaving a comment, review, and or subscribe. Catch new episodes on the second and fourth week of every month on all major audio podcast platforms. For more information about my life and updates about the podcast, head to my Instagram at Skylar Sorkin and at RegardlessThePod. Thank you for tuning into Regardless. Thank you for being vulnerable and talking about the uncomfortable. Now go kick some ass.